Do you have a message that the world needs to hear? Do you want to make a living making a difference in the world? If so, this is the place for you. Welcome to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Podcast. Today, I am with the one and only, totally awesome dude, one of my best friends in the world, Clint Pulver. What is going on, Clint? Hey, Jake. How you doing, man? I'm so glad to be here. Oh, man, I'm doing great. And I uh, just want to say congratulations for all the success you've been having. Uh, it's like every time I look at your social media, you're just doing more and more cool stuff. And the cool thing is, is it couldn't happen to a better guy. Wow. I appreciate that, man. We've been, we've been very lucky, and uh, but it's a lot of hard work too. So, but thank you. I'm glad that you say that because sure, it, there has been luck involved, but I know that you've put in, you've put in the work, you've put in the effort. Um, not only have you put in the work and the effort, but you've also been very smart and strategic about it. Um, talk about some of the. Just, just thinking about things in a different. That's one thing we were just talking about right before this. You seem to look at the industry in a different way than a lot of people do. And I'm not really sure how that goes on in your head, but I noticed that and uh, talk a little bit about that. I, I think, uh, I mean, one of the, the I guess it's, it's, it's helped a lot in the speaking world and in our speaking business uh, when trying to get in this and create something that works, something that has value. Cause it's always the question, how do I get booked more? How do I, how do I get paid to speak? How do I get those gigs? How do I find the gigs? How do I, and, and one of the best things that we did was I just listened. I listened. I, I figured out who I wanted to speak to. And then I went and asked them. I went and just sat down. I started out kind of the first, you know, year into this, it was all youth. It was all high school, junior high, uh, a little bit of college. And so I went to the people that would be hiring me one day and I sat down with them and I said, what would you hire a speaker for? What would you actually pay somebody, you know, a decent amount of money to come in for one hour and speak to your students? What would you want them to talk about? What would you want them to do? Have you done that in the past? And what was it that made you bring them in? Or <clears throat> what was it that made you say, mm, this, we're just not going to do it? I just, I listened, I listened, I listened, I listened, I listened. And I think a lot of times I have, you know, speakers call me up and they, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a speaker. And this is what I want to speak about. And this is what I want to do. And, and, and I've got this story and, and I, that's awesome. That's great. But as a speaker, if you want to get paid to speak, you've got to consider the people that are paying you to speak and you're the problem solver, right? You're the person that comes in to solve an issue, a problem, a situation, a scenario, whatever it is that they're struggling with, usually we're hired to come in and solve that problem. And yes, you've got to be entertaining and engaging and educational on top of all of that. But I've always told people, and it's been one of the best things we've ever done, is I went and I interviewed 15 high school principals. I sat down and I said, tell me, tell me what your trigger points are. Tell me what the, the problems are. Tell me what's not working. And it was totally, it was a different perspective that I would have thought they needed. Sometimes as speakers, we think, well, this is what they need, but this is what I can, I can add value to your organization, your school, your audience, because I'm this. The time to really sit down and, and just, it's that, it's that not fun, not glamorous uh, work that we put in in the front end. 
that I think now has started to really yield some some fruit for us. Yeah. What what about um what about someone says, okay, this is really cool. I like that, but I don't know fifteen high school principals. I don't know fifty uh sales managers, you know, whatever audience it is they want to talk to. Uh, what do you say to them? Yeah, I think I mean on the on the school level, it's e- I'll Google, you Google fifty high schools near me <laughs> and you literally pick up the phone. This is what we did. We picked up the phone. And I said, Hey, listen, cause again, it's the power of rookie mode. If you're listening to this and you're just starting out, you're, you're, you're the Rocky story. You're the rookie. You're the person that if you admit that, if you say, I'm just starting out, I'm just trying to learn. Most people, uh, if they're decent people. They're going to give you their, their time. Yeah. And what we did is we used the rookie card and I just said, Hey, I'm just starting into this, this industry. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to set up a, a time to meet with the principal. I'm trying to set up a time to, to talk to one of the counselors about speaking and if they bring in speakers and what they bring speakers in for. I'm just trying to start. So you're saying forget about the idea of fake it till you make it and let people know that you're just starting out and go have some conversations. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, to help. Yeah, I've heard that before when, when I've told people, yeah, it's one of my first things that I talk to people about is, you know, find out who, who you want to sell to and then go interview them and go talk to them. And the next thing that they'll say to me a lot of times, well, I don't know those people. And I say, okay, so go meet them. Like, like, yeah. like it's, just go meet them. Yeah, literally, it's, as weird as it sounds, just knock on the door. Knock on the door. Yeah. The school. You know, if a principal's coming in, he's got a few seconds, great. Sit down, have a conversation with them. Use technology as well. I mean, if you put out on Facebook, does anybody know any CEOs or any HR directors or any, uh, any, anybody that's that, that, that books or hires speakers or anybody that does events? Uh, anybody know anybody that's an event planner? Throw it out on, on, on social media to your network, and I guarantee, you know, at least one, maybe two people will be like, yeah, I know somebody. And then, and then work it from there and you, you get good at building those networks and those relationships and go in not, not hoping that they're going to turn into a client, right? We're yeah. still in that mode of you're just listening. You're just listening. And, and what was fascinating is that the 15 principals that we interviewed, seven of them booked me. Seven mm. of them booked me. I never asked. I didn't, but I, I went, I went after, after I, I listened to what they said, I went back, I crafted a message, had an opportunity to kind of speak at some different events for free, put together a little demo video, went back to them and said, Hey, I just want to say thank you. That's another thing. If someone helps you, if someone gives you their time, gratitude, 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 gratitude. Thank you cards. Thank you notes. And so I did that. If they gave me their time, Everybody got a thank you note. Everybody got a thank you card. I sent it to them. And uh, when, it, when it came, when I had the, the demo video done, uh, I went back to it. It was easy to set up a call. It was easy to go up and say, hey, I just wanted to say thanks for helping me put this together. And I uh, mm. message now. And uh, I just, it, it wouldn't have happened without you. Mm. Well, shoot, Clint, I think we should, uh, I think we should bring you in to speak to the kids. You know, it was like, awesome. I would love that. But it all just came from listening. It all just came from asking the people what they need because uh, they're the ones that, that are going to hire you one day. So why not talk to them about what they're really looking for? Uh, it's so cool. What, one thing that I've noticed with you that I, I don't see in a lot of other speakers when they, you know, and, and I, I've known you for a couple years now and you've taken off so quickly. I mean, it's been amazing how 
where you've gone, you know, it's just incredible how, how fast, but how high you've gone um, over just a, a few short years. But um, one thing that I've noticed, it might sound like an oxymoron, but you've gone so fast. And I think it's because you've been willing to go slow. It's because you've been willing to take your time on those kind of things. You didn't, you never seemed like you were in a rush, like you were in a hurry. You were ready to take the time on every step and get it right. And I, I think that a lot of people just, they're just not, they're not willing to, they're in such a hurry all the time that they're not willing to do the things that will actually help them go far quickly. Yep. And I think that there's, you know, it's, it's like building a brick wall, right? And if you can lay every brick right down as solidly and as perfectly as you can, yeah, it might take a little longer, but man, when that wall is built, it's, it's built, you know, and you've got a strong foundation. One thing that we said when we started our business is everything has to be a 100% top-notch quality everything has to be just screams value that's video production that's an incredible website that's obviously making sure that the the, the the speech and the message is just perfect it needs to be high level quality and uh, you know not that our website's perfect but man we put a lot of time and a lot of money into the website we put a lot of time and a lot of money into the video and you know the videographers would come back or the web designers and I just, it wasn't where it needed to be and i wanted to compete with the top people in the industry and i wanted to be to i wanted the message and and what we were doing in our business to replicate just the highest standard the highest level and in doing so i think it's just helped to elevate the quickness of growth in the business because we took time we didn't cut corners and and, and I had a limited budget, right? It's not like I had tons of money, but I, I put money into the things that really I felt were going to pay off in the end. And that was great video, great website, and then obviously crafting the message. One thing people might not know about you is that uh, before you got into speaking, you know, you ran your own business before you've been in business and sales for a long time. Um, how would you say that that experience has helped you as you've transitioned into the speaking arena? Yeah, I, I think having that background was, was was valuable. I think just a little principle, because there's always the people, I, I get asked all the time, well, how do I know when I'm, I'm ready to, to quit my job? How, do, how did you jump into this full time? And, you know, we've all heard, uh, you've heard, Jake, the, the story of, you know, burn the ships. You got to burn the ships. Of course. Ship. Burn yeah, the yeah, ship yeah. And just take, take, the, take the, the island, take your goals, take your dreams, do it. And I, I believe in that. There's, there's, a, there's a sense of, logic to that statement but in my mind it was like okay burn the ships how close can i get the ship to the dock before i burn it <laughs> that's a good way to put it okay i want to burn it but let's get as close as i can close before i burn the ship yeah and so so all i'm saying is there's a way to de-risk uh the opportunity to jump in this and yeah full time because I think that's what so many people want to do like I want to just speak I want to be a speaker yeah. full time and uh, you know maybe just a couple of thoughts there Jake that we I went through with you know my background like you talked about to helping me transition into that uh, one one was was I, I made sure I had a demo video and I had a working website those are two critical pieces that I had before I could even consider burning the show. yes Yes. Yes. Uh, I've, yeah, I've heard people say, I want to, I want to quit and jump in full time. And I go, 
Uh, I mean, wait till you have something to sell at least. Exactly, exactly. So amazing video, amazing website. And then the third thing I would say is create a board of directors. Uh, I, 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 you'd call it great mentors, but, but four to, I don't know, as many as you can, you don't want to get too many though, but, but I would say four to seven, like solid working professional speakers, mm-hmm. not like your buddy that speaks, that gave a great talk in church or not, not mm-hmm. your buddy that, that, that spoke a couple times for their convention, like full time working professional speakers. You can find them through the National Speakers Association. You can find them through groups like what you do. Uh, in this this network that you create, find people that are doing it. That are and then and then choose wisely. Choose wisely who you listen to. There's a lot of people that have called me up and they're like, Clint, I spent thousands of dollars on this coaching program. I spent so much money with this this speaker that said that they'd get me, you know, 15 paid gigs in two months. Crazy, and and, and it's amazing if you have an attitude of gratitude and you stay in rookie mode, if you go to the top, if you go to the legends, if you go to the people that you, that inspired you or people that you want to be like and just say, hey, can you give me a phone call? I want one phone call. In our, in our business, we, our, our standard, uh, we've always said everybody deserves a phone call. It's a phone call. You know, if they're calling and they're, because I had so many people that gave me phone calls you know, that gave me an hour of their time that I went to lunch with, whatever it may be. So find those people, create that board of directors, those people that you could shoot them a text and say, hey, what do you think about this verbiage on my website? Or what do you think about this intro for the, 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 the video? And then again, always have an attitude of gratitude. If someone helps you, pay it forward, send them a thank you note, send them a gift card, something like that just to, you know, because you don't want to be the person that's just sucking you know, wisdom. And I think, again, if it's that win-win situation that you create, most people are willing to help. So once you've established that board of directors, then you have to have approval from, I would say, man, if you can't, all of them. All of them, when you, when you talk through this plan, when you talk about what you're trying to do, you've got to get the green light from every one of those guys, whoever it is in the industry that says, you're ready, you're ready. And then the last thing, so board of director approval, obviously, well, shoot, let me start again. So we've got, we've got video, we've got a great website, board of director approval. And then the fourth thing, uh, I, I would say, if you can, uh, at least four to six months of expenses uh, saved. I think that's something that sometimes we don't talk about a lot in this industry is the expense of um, doing it responsibly uh, because in this industry, it ebbs and flows seasons where you have made more in three months than most people make in a year there's there's dead seasons and there's three months or you don't make much Uh uh-huh and so if you've got the product right december as a speaker is is not great you ain't doing nothing yeah but you know we get a month for vacation for christmas you know and then you spend (laughs) it all on christmas presents and you go gosh and jane (laughs) did that happen last year yeah yeah a little bit That's awesome. If you can have four to six months of expenses, and what I mean by that is, you know, you budgeted that out. What it it costs on average per month to live, to pay your bills. Um, If you can save, if you can start saving that, it just will help you. I've had uh, probably in the two years that I went since I quit my job, I probably had four or five speakers that 
kind of did the same thing and now they're back working a part-time job. Nothing wrong with that. It's just if they would have had that little buffer, it would have helped them to stay stay in it, stay focused. I don't know. For what it's worth, I hope those help. But that those are yeah. what we did and it, it really helped. I think those are some really good things because one of the things that, that I've been thinking about a lot lately, talking about lately, is this idea of really when it comes into to business, if you can manage these two things, this is really the key to success. It's short-term needs, long-term goals. Yes. If you can make every decision based off of, hey, if I have my short-term needs met, yep. then everything should be going towards the long-term goals. Totally. But the, the less you need right now, the better off you are for the long term. And I mean, if you can be in a position, and, and I understand everyone listening, there may be some people listening that go, well, then I'm never going to end up, you know, making that. And, and I get that. And uh, I was that way. You know, I, I, took a, I took a leap of faith that now looking back, I wouldn't advise people to do. You know, cause that, and that, but it worked out for me and I'm really grateful for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I get what you're saying because the less you need now, the, the more fuel you're going to have for later, the more fuel you can put of, you, you can reinvest money, the more time you can reinvest. But if you need money in the next 30 days, well, that's going to affect your long-term. Your, all you can think about is your short-term. Yep. And so, you know, the, the more that you can take care of those short-term needs, uh, that, that just gives you the, the more freedom to focus on those long-term goals. Yeah, and, and look at, again, if this is your goal, if this is your passion, if this is what you're called to do, then look at the budget. You know, look at how much you spend, where you're spending. There's ways to, to you know, maybe we just, okay, we stop, we stop with cable, you know, Netflix. We stop doing that. We stop eating out every night or whatever you can do to kind of help expedite that process. But again, there's just something invigorating about burning the ships, but you've de-risked the situation to where you're just set up to win. You're set up to succeed. You've got the permission and the approval and great support from your board of directors. You have a working website. You have an amazing video. And if you've got a message that you know how to speak, you're going to do well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I want to talk about now is, you know, you, you spent the majority of your first year uh, pretty much exclusively in the youth market. And then over the last year, you've been doing a lot in the corporate arena and you've been doing really well there. Um, tell us a little bit about how that transition was done, how you've been able to um, have an offering that works in both the youth and the corporate world. You kind of have feet in, in both worlds and, and you're doing great in both. Yeah, it's something that I've had many speakers uh, advise against. Uh, I've had many speakers or people in the industry go, the way you do it is not the way you should do it. You, you should get focused on one area, one niche, one market. And um, we haven't played that way at all. Uh, we're, we're, we speak in the youth market. I speak in the college market. I speak in the education space to educators and school administration. And I speak to corporations. But those four areas all combine back together into really one message. So that's maybe the difference. That's the hybrid is different audiences, but still one. Same message. Real quick. I was just going to say that that's the thing. It's like focus is so important and, and you do have focus. That's the thing is, is, and I think it needs to either be a focus on an audience 
with a broad message right. or a focus on a specific message with a broad audience. And I think it can work either way, but it does need to be focused in some way. And you went the other way where you said, okay, this is my message. And it can, it can fit into all of these different audiences. Yeah. And so kind of our tagline is, is helping organizations to understand the younger generation and helping the younger generation to understand themselves. What would happen is the video and the website was, was focused on teens and youth and kids. But there was videos of me in arenas and gymnasiums and <clears throat> doing selfies with the kids and just having these connection experiences. And so what happened is it really, the corporate world was not by design. It was a, a, a kind of a fluke thing where corporations landed on my website through SEO stuff or they were just looking for local speakers, but they saw what I did and how I connected with younger a younger audience mm -hmm. and these specific organizations were having problems with retention and engagement and loyalty with younger generations millennials uh, generation Z and so they called and said man if you can teach our management to do what you do with kids and young people like there's something there and so again it was through listening it was listening to what they were saying what their needs were, what their problems were, what those trigger points were, and we developed a corporate keynote. And we actually have developed three uh, corporate keynotes since then. Uh, again, just through listening and the more you work with organizations and how we could structure and take unique uh, specific traits within the keynote, like entertainment and how we engage, how we can make an experience. And uh, it's worked, we've, we've We've created the Undercover Speaker Program. We do big live interaction, interactive drum pieces. I've been a professional drummer for 21 years. And so the music side of, of what I, I do is heavily involved in every keynote that I, I give. And uh, in doing so, it, it's unique, it's different, it creates an experience. Um, but we've just, we've found these trigger points and these opportunities to, to do something that nobody else is really doing. Yeah, and, and you've been so innovative with it. I love that you said we don't play that way because you, you play, you know, uh, pun intended, um, you play to the beat of your own drum. Yeah. And, uh, you, and you really do. You know, it's something that's super cool and, and you've been really innovative. We were talking about it before. Um, tell us a little bit about the Undercover Speaker Program because that, that's so innovative. It's amazing what you're doing there. Uh, thanks. We, I, I was in New York City. This was... Uh, quite a while ago and I was meeting with one of the CEOs of a huge sporting good retail chain back on the East coast. And we had a conversation we talked about a lot of things in business and what he's doing in his store. And I asked him in the conversation, I said, have you had to change and adapt how you do business today versus how you did business say 20 years ago? And he said, Oh, hundred percent. He's like, my goodness, we're on Amazon. We're doing Twitter. We're Snapchatting. Uh, we, we, we sell so much product online versus the brick and mortar model of selling product, you know, going into a physical store. And he says, we just, we've had to change. The market's changed. So we've had to change. If you don't adapt, then you die. And I agreed with him 100%. But then I asked him a question right after that. And I said, so what about, what, what about your management? And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, what about how you manage employees? Do you manage your younger employees today the same way you managed employees 20 years ago? And he fired back very proudly, and he, and he said no. He had his arms crossed. He goes, absolutely no. The way I managed 20 years ago is the same way we manage in this store today. Okay, interesting. Because me being a millennial, 
and working with so many millennials, young kids, like it's a little different generation. Yes, core values and relationships and human needs, all the same. But growing up in a world that's different in a, in a, in a technological age that just creates different behaviors, demeanors, thoughts, perceptions, the old 20 year ago command and control model of business, be glad you have a job, put your head yep. down for the work. It's just different, right? Doesn't work. He was so confident. He was so confident in the way that he was leading and why he was leading the way he was worked and it got results. And if it didn't, oh, well, that's just how we, that's how we run the store. And so I thanked him for his time. We ended the conversation and I looked around his store because we were in the flagship store in New York City. And I recognized that all of his employees were my generation or younger, mm -hmm. young people, young employees. And I, uh, I thought to myself, I go, I, I said, what? I wonder, I wonder if they say the same thing. I wonder if they, if they would say the same story that the way management is ran is just wonderful. And so I went around in that time, he gave us like 30 minutes to go buy some swag, uh, hang out in the store. I didn't want any swag. Instead, I took that time and I ended up interviewing six millennials, six of his employees. And I asked them questions like, what's it like to work here? Or I just said, hey, I'm just curious, how's the management? Do you like your job? What, do you see yourself working here long-term? At the end of the conversation, Jake, all five, five out of the six employees said that they would not be working for him or his organization in three months or less. Wow. They, they, I mean, the stories they said and how real they were. And I had my backwards hat on and my, my Nikes and my joggers. I, I looked like them. I wasn't an employee. Another millennial. Yeah, you just showed up looking like a normal dude. Yeah, and I just, I was, I just had questions. And they just told me the truth in an authentic way that just blew me away. And how different their perception was versus, you know, the perception of upper management. And that's what started for us uh, the Undercover Speaker Program. Now organizations will hire me and I go in undercover and we have hidden cameras and we interview their employees. We interview their people. And I go in uh, like a regular person off the street and I'm looking for a job. And I go in and I, I just say, hey, I'm just, um, I'm interested in, in working for this organization. I'm, I'm interested in applying either here or, or, you know, another store. Would you recommend it? And we find a little quiet place in the store and they don't know they're being filmed. We get permission from the organization. Uh, we pixelate out the employees' faces so we protect their identity. And uh, so nobody knows, you know, who's-, who's no, one, no one's getting fired after the, yeah, after the fact because of it. That's not the point of it. The point of, of why organizations bring me in to do that is because what we capture is real. It's not done through a company survey. I, I remember when I was in corporate America, like they'd give us companies, <clears throat> what don't you like about the organization? Tell us about your boss. And I would never answer honestly on that survey because I didn't, I didn't know if it was completely anonymous. I didn't know what was on the other side of the survey. And so I just, I would always, you know, play it safe. Or a lot of companies do one-on-one -on -one management meetings. And if I hate you as a manager, or we don't get along. I'm not going to tell you that face to face, Yep. but they will tell another millennial. Yeah. So we get that real authentic data. We get the good and we get the bad. We capture trends that work and then we create a two to three minute highlight video. And then we go to their national conference, present to their management teams, their executives on what we found, how we found it, what the true voice, what the true perception, what's the true employee experience in their workplace. And it's just been 
just been a game changer and it's so fun. It's so fun to do. It's so cool. It, it's just really cool to see uh, the, the only word I can, can use is just innovative and, and how you've been doing things differently. You look at the industry differently. Everyone watching, everyone listening, I hope that you are listening just one level beyond what we're actually saying. It's not about go and do the things that Clint is doing, but listen to the principles, the principles of listening to the customer listening to the people that you want to serve, whether you're starting out now, whether you're already see a seasoned veteran, maybe you're at the point where you need to freshen things up. Maybe you've been doing this for 10 years and, and you're wondering why the bookings are going down, going down. Well, start listening, start looking, you know, maybe you're starting out. We'll go out there and interview those people, whether it's, whether it's in the education market, whether it's in, uh, in the corporate market, wh whatever market is you want to be in. And, and same thing, whether even if you're, if you're a speaker, well, this all applies. But if you're a coach, if you're an author, it all applies across the board. Find out. Oh, it's not find out. It's decide who you want to serve and then figure out what they want. And, and that's really it. Yeah. And then take your unique talents, your unique traits. I mean, I've all, my whole life, I've always had a curiosity on how things work why somebody thinks the way they do. So it was just innate for me in that moment to just go, I'm, I'm gonna go ask the employees. So just listening to my heart, my, my talents, my, my just intuition, it, it, it guides you into creating something that's uniquely yours. And, and in doing so, you, you, that's, that's the secret stuff. That's what, cause everyone's like, well, I don't, I don't juggle or I don't ride a unicycle or I have no, you know, I don't, I have all my limbs. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. And, and I know you've talked about this a ton, Jake, and, and how do I still make this happen? And again, it's, it's, it's the, it's the time when you're sitting at home by yourself with a notepad and a pen and you can get out and you process and you just, it's the non glamorous stuff and go to your people. They will tell it. We just added a new piece to my corporate keynote. And it came from a recommendation from the client. And at first I was like, I don't know, but they were like, we want it. We think it'll be, we think it'll be great. And they wanted me to play Def Leppard on stage. Cause I tell this story about my dad that introduced me to, to Def Leppard when I was a kid. And they're like, can we, can we like make that happen? And I was like, maybe. And we did it and it killed. What song was it that they played? Some sugar. Of course it was. That, that's what I was. <laughs> so you, you had the song playing and then you were drumming to it. Yeah. So we said. And then people loved it. And they sang along and they pumped oh their fist. Gosh, and it killed. It was better. Yeah. Like a drum solo piece. And I have some other like fun interact that I thought was so cool. But the highlight of the show, the highlight of the whole speech came from the client. Just of listen. course. And now well, uh, we're keeping that in every keynote. Of course. What, and this this kind of nerds out about performance. And, and you and I both have a, a music background. And, and that's something I think a lot about is performance. And performance is not about, it's not about musicianship. It's not about talent. It's not about skill. It's about moments. Totally. And if you can create a moment like, okay, so I, I love Dave Matthews. I've seen him several times, but you know, the biggest highlight of the whole night, every concert, the loudest the crowd ever gets. It's so stupid. The loudest the crowd ever gets is when he does his little clogging thing. Yes. While, well, you know, that that's the loudest part. It's a moment. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's when, it's when the drummer, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's when Chad Smith starts throwing sticks out while he's drumming. It's, it's yes. the moment. It's, yes. not, it's not these huge things. It's, it's just these little moments, and that's what people walk away with. That's what people take from it, and I, I think that's cool. 
Yeah, and think, you know, when you're speaking, if you ever observe, and this is one thing that I, I've tried to do in my performance, is I, I try to watch the audience and I see when they, when they do this. Mm. When, they, when they take their phone out and they're, they're recording or they're Instagramming or they're, they're putting this on Facebook or they're Snapchatting this, that's a moment. That's a sign. That's a sign right there. Like, this is like, and, and so do your people, do they do, they, do, they do this? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, they, in some form, in some way, in some, you know, and again, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have to just be entertainment. It, the purpose is to think about it. How do I create that value? How do I, mm -hmm. even in the undercover speaker program, I'm listing stats and everybody's doing this. They're taking pictures of it. This is valuable, whether it's a quote, whether it's somehow the way you use your PowerPoint or whatever, create those unique moments where people go, I got to film this. Yeah, dude, that was gold right there. That was amazing. I love that. Uh, after, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, winding up right now or winding down. I think that's the accurate word. We're um, winding up. And we're winding up. up so, yeah. Uh, but I think what I'm going to title this is something about listening to your clients because this is, that's been the big key takeaway I've had for this. And I hope everyone takes uh, with them. Um, one more question on that about listening to the clients. Why, why do you think most people don't do that? I've given that advice many times to people to go and, and interview people and do those kind of things. And most people, they're not willing to take the time. And I guess, two parts to this question. One, why do you think most people don't take the time to listen to their clients? And then part two is I'd like you to, I'd like you to convince them that they really should. This isn't something you just listen to. Take this, go and use it and go listen to your clients. So I'd like to hear those two thoughts from you. I think one of the, the biggest frustrating things I've seen with young speakers or people that want to get into this industry and they spend so much time, Jake, so much time, money, effort to put together a website, to put together a video, to, to just all the, I mean, just hard work of making something workable to sell, to propose, to get booked with. And then all of a sudden they find out it's not sellable. It's not, it's not what they need. They don't want it. They want. And so to convince me, I, if you don't do that, you, you, are, you will waste thousands and thousands of dollars. You will waste thousands and thousands of hours, frustration, time. If you, if you take, and I, I think the reason why people don't do it is because it's not fun. It's not glamorous. It takes a lot to coordinate, to call people up. It's sometimes nerve wracking for some people, which is surprising if you're a speaker, but to go and actually just cold call a client. I mean, you could drive down the freeway, freeway in any major city that you're in, and you will see corporations. You will see businesses. I challenge everybody that's listening to this, go, go this week, go to two of them. Go walk in the door. You'll find someone at the bottom of the building, or you'll find a secretary, and just ask. Say, hey, I'm just someone that, that's, that's looking at getting into the speaking industry, and I want to speak for organizations like this. Is there anybody that you know in the building that could put me in the right direction? Anybody that I could email, anybody that I guarantee they will point you in some direction. That there, there's, and if they, they do, I've never had it happen. And all the people that I've tried to ask and talk to, if I stay in rookie mode, 
it's gonna it's gonna work but i just think a lot of people aren't willing to do that and i think sometimes we get in our head that we know what we want to talk about we know what they need and ah, that's just not right um first off as a speaker right it's your job to make sure that their needs are met this is not a yes. self-serving career a lot of people are like it's me on stage and look how awesome i am it, if you are not fixing a problem, if you're not providing that, that, that's what we do. So why wouldn't you listen to the people that are or aren't gonna hire you one day? Listen to what they need, you have to. It's the game changing thing to really, I think what makes successful speakers significant in an organization versus just, uh, that, that, was, that was a cool speech. That's, that's super cool. I love it. Um, I got a couple last questions that I ask everyone. Um, but before we get into those, how can people get connected with you? Uh, hit me up on, on Instagram, just Clint Pulver, C-L-I-N-T-P-U-L-V-E-R, or uh, through the website. That's just clintpulver.com. And uh, let me know how I can help. Happy to help. Everyone deserves a phone call. That's awesome. You are so giving, uh, so generous. Really appreciate you. A uh, couple last questions. First one, um, in your career, was there ever a time that you wanted to quit? There's been times, no, not where I wanted to quit. There have been times where we've said, my wife and I, we've said, I don't know how we're going to make it. Hmm. Yeah, there's been, there's been months where we go, okay, what are we going to have to sell? <laughs> like, what, wow. do we, what, what do we need to get rid of? How do we because we've got no bookings coming in, nothing's happening. But uh, no, there's never been a day where I, I said, this is not what I wanna do anymore. That has not happened hmm. since I, I jumped into this whole time. I, this is my calling, this is where I need to be, this is where I've been uh, uh, just blessed to, 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 to do. And so, and uh, yeah, there's nothing else I would rather be doing. It's just fun to get paid to do it here and there. I would do this for free. But there are days where we go, I, I don't know if, if, uh, if we're going to make it. Where do you find the emotional strength to, to push through those times, through those moments? Yeah, hands down, 100%. Obviously, uh, my faith, my wife, my family. But that aside, uh, my board of directors. That's mm. why I talk so strongly about creating a support group of people that you like yourself best when you're with them. You, like, you want to be like them and you just... You, you just have to, you know, you pinch yourself every time you're talking to them. Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe like those people, those people that through an attitude of gratitude, through reaching out, uh, saying thank you, we've created these relationships that um, as a speaker, we spend a lot of time lifting, but we've got to learn that we've, we also need people to lean on. It's lift and lean, lift and lean. Mm. Having people to lean on, like great board of directors, people that have been through it, seen it, felt it and have the ability to encourage you to keep pushing forward. It's a game changer. So cool. Love it. And that brings me to my next question. Uh, who is inspiring you right now? Uh, I, I think uh, has been for a while. Mark Scherenbrock uh -huh. uh, is, is still uh, one of my uh, just heroes. I love, I love him as a person. I love what he does on stage. He gets it. Uh, no one has dedicated more time to crafting and just being so good on stage. Um, he and his wife run their business very similar to us. And uh, man, if you don't know who Mark Sharon Brock is, he was a, uh, he's a legend, Hall of Fame speaker, dominated the youth market, 
uh, still to this day, probably one of the greatest youth speakers that has ever walked the planet and uh, now kills it in the corporate arena. Just amazing. Mark Shamrock. And then last question is, uh, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself when you're first starting out, what advice would you give yourself? I, I would have said to, um, if, if possible, hire help quicker. Mm. I would have brought people into uh, our organization faster. Um, we now have uh, a lot of employees and we've created a business that um, it's not just me and it's not just my wife. Um, and I wish we would have done that almost sooner. Um, mm. Having that help, having that ability to, again, business is a lot of math. If you can figure out, you know, the numbers on how to make it work budget wise and find high quality, amazing people that can help to push your message. I, I wish we would have done that sooner and it would have just freed up more time for me to do the things that I love to do and the things that I'm good at. And it would have allowed me to, to, to give those things that I maybe wasn't as good at or was weaker in to someone that naturally had that strength already. And in doing so, it would have expedited and uh, increased our business even more. And it, and it has, but I wish we would have done it sooner. That's awesome. That's a, that's a great answer. Well, Clint, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're extremely busy and uh, I really appreciate it. Want to acknowledge you for, um, you know, not, not just the success, not just um, all the great things that you've done, but for the person that you are, for the integrity and the humility that you've had from the moment I met you. And um, it's just, it's just really cool when you see one of the good guys succeeding. So thank you for being you. I love you, Jake. We appreciate it. Thank you for taking uh, the time and inviting me to be on the show. Everything you're doing is amazing. You're helping so many people out and uh, it's just, it's cool to be a part of it in a small little way. So, well, thank you so much, Clint. Love you too. And uh, everyone watching the show, listening to the podcast, thank you so much. And we will see you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, share it with somebody who needs this information. If you're not already a part of our Facebook community, come and join us in the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches network at facebook.com groups slash speaker, author, coach, or simply search the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches network. Thanks again for listening. Remember, what you do matters. You can turn your dreams into your reality. Together, we are changing the world one message at a time.